it is everywhere. You've got Priyanka and Nick. You've got John and Olivia. You had Bella and Abel. And we still have, wonderfully, Mila and Ashton. When my parents were growing up, dating outside your culture was still very taboo. My mom is a beautiful woman who has broken many hearts in her path to the altar. But even she has told me stories of white and Middle Eastern men who were both enthralled by her beauty and her charm, but not willing to bear the difficulties that come with dating outside their culture. She ended up dating and marrying a Haitian man, twice. (laughs) My cousin, on the other hand, he had a difficult. He fell in love with a Hindu Indian woman. And although they have been married for over half of my lifetime, I'm sure they did not come this far without their fair share of difficulties themselves. But today is very different. People of mixed race and heritage are dominating the internet. I see people dream about having mixed babies and mixed grandbabies. Everyone has a story to share about how hard they worked for their love and it being worth it and how love always wins. But is anyone really prepared for the challenges that come with intercultural dating? What are the challenges? And if I go through these challenges, will my relationship become a testimony or a true partnership and and sacrificial love? Or is my relationship destined to fail? If you're in an intercultural relationship and things are getting difficult, you are not alone. Let's discuss these challenges together. My name is Janaya Alexandre, and this is Culture Shock. Happy Friday, folks. Welcome to another episode of Culture Shock. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. And if you're back for the second, third, fourth time, welcome back. I am so glad every single one of you are here. Happy Friday. Happy St. Patty's Day, whether you celebrate as just an excuse to get drunk with your friends or your family, or if you celebrate it as a religious holiday. Um, I had actually... When I was thinking about the content that I could make for March, I did consider doing a St. Patty's Day episode. I did consider tapping in one of my friends from the Celt Belt and just talking about Celtic culture. Um, But then I had another idea. Mosquito. Uh Uh-oh. Y'all, if you hear me fighting with with a fly. Yeah. um, Oh, wait. I think I got it. Never mind. (laughs) No, I didn't. All right. I guess guess he can stay for now. Um... (laughs) I did consider creating content for St. Patty's Day. However, I just turned 22. And I feel like Caillou sometimes, you know, the bald kid from that cartoon who kind of acts like an a-hole and his parents let him for reasons I don't know. Um, Yeah, that guy. I kind of feel like Caillou every single time my birthday rolls around, mainly because I... Every single year, I I go through this existential crisis where I think about my life this far and, you know, all of the decisions that I've made, good or bad, and if I'm okay with these decisions and what kind of decisions I want to make the next year. Um, I give myself a lot of self-therapy throughout my birthday. I've learned how to do that because every single birthday I was tired of having, like, 
anxiety attacks about death and you know losing family members to old age and illness i i had just lost a family member to cancer so you know these kinds of things permeate my mind all the time it's one of my toxic traits um i it's it's not something that i can change and it's not particularly something i care to change about myself so in this in the light of 22 years around the sun learning new things um, I decided to talk about intercultural dating because it is not widely talked about right now, um, especially considering Netflix keeps putting out these dating shows in which people of different ethnicities, cultures, and races get together and nobody wants to talk about it. So <laughs> I actually just did a video about Love is Blind and the different couples and why some work and some didn't, despite cultural differences. Um, so if you want to see that, just go to Heritage's, um YouTube channel. You can watch that quick plug over the challenges of intercultural dating and I come to you as somebody who has grown up seeing an intercultural and interracial and interethnicity relationship I come to you as somebody who is in an interracial and intercultural relationship and I come to you as someone who has a sibling in an intercultural and interracial relationship so it's it's all it's across the board a little bit all right and I think Every single relationship is different, but every single relationship has its challenges. And if you're in one of those, whether you are dating somebody of your same race, but you guys are from completely different countries with completely different sets of values and what's appropriate and what's not, um, whether you guys are the same race, but you have different religions, whether you guys are different races, um, whether you guys, you know, like whether you guys are just interracial, interfaith, intercultural across the board, you know, we're going to talk about it. All right, because everybody loves to talk about the success stories. You know, I see Priyanka and Nick Jonas having their little baby and I see them, you know, Priyanka seems to be very integrated within the Jonas family, but they still have their own family unit and Nick seems to get on well with her mother. And I love that. And I admire that. Um, I know Mila Kunis has talked at length about, you know, Ashton, Kutcher and and his own faith beliefs because I think he follows Judaism and they decided to start doing Shabbat dinners and then Mila is also from Ukraine and she speaks Russian and obviously she would want to impart that I got the fly <laughs> obviously she'd want to impart that to to her children and so I believe there was one interview because I love Mila Kunis I'm not even gonna lie to you I love Mila and I love Ashton and I love them together um, and they I think she was talking about, oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get the fly. You know, I'm not going to try anymore. Um, they were talking, Mila was talking about basically that Ashton had gone to Russian school and took Russian classes while she was pregnant. So that way he would be able to also communicate with the kids in Russian. And so that way they would have two parents speaking both languages, Russian and English, rather than just one parent in Russian and one parent in English. And I, completely admire that and I love that and I hope that's going well for them because I know learning a language is difficult learning a language if you were raised monolingual is difficult and teaching kids can be also very difficult so with that being said let's dive into some of the challenges and I picked three um, some bigger than others but we're gonna just dip our toes in really quick and we're gonna go to cross-cultural differences that is the first challenge I would say that comes with dating somebody outside of your culture. Um, and before we get into that, I would first want you to ask yourself, 
does your partner respect your culture and everything that comes with it and when i say everything that comes with it cultures are very complex and dynamic and they play a very big role in your life and your identity and how you view the world okay it's it goes beyond just food and drink and dances and clothes you know it's also traditions it's also you know a lot of cultures have very specific ways they deal in which they deal with their interpersonal relationships. I did a, I, I did an Instagram post with my friend Michaela, who does the blog Learner of Love, and we talked about different ways that cultures approach their romantic relationships. You know, you have um, on this side of the world in Latin America and the Caribbean, it's very common to just be super passionate and out there. And you know, um, my friends that I work with they're Jamaican and they'll tell me about times they went to Jamaica and let their girlfriends just walk out uh, on the street to the store to get something and people are just catcalling them because it's so you know she's a beautiful woman and it's normal um Latin people they love to dance they love being they love outward expressions of love if they feel it you will see it you know whereas in for example in Eastern Asia like Vietnam or China, you might not see it as much. They're not that they're not as much into public displays of affection. In Europe, they're very, very good about, you know, being naked and sex is a part of life and it's natural. Whereas in the United States, you know, PDA, depending on what where in the United States you are, is fine. You know, it's okay to show outward expressions of love, but we kind of keep sex for the personal conversation, you know? Um, so with that being said, if your partner does not respect your culture and and how it's shaped you and how it's shaped how you see the world and isn't even willing to view your train of thought, I would say that is a red flag. And that and before I go on, it doesn't mean he has to agree with every single thing. But is your partner actively trying to avoid participating in your heritage? That's what I want you to ask yourself. Or is your partner even trying to erase it? You know, when you guys, if you guys live together or are married, are you guys, you know, are are you guys coming from a place of, are you guys buying your own place and you want to have like, for example, traditional decor? Maybe you want to have like, um, if you are of, an indigenous or an African descent or even a Latin American or Asian descent or Hawaiian or Polynesian and you have like specific traditional things you hang up on the wall like masks and pictures and portraits and you know does your partner not like those stuff up in the house um does your partner not allow you to cook your food you know the food that you grew up eating does it does your partner either not want to eat it ever or does your partner often deter you or try to discourage you from cooking it inside the house these are things you have to pay attention to because i mean unless you yourself are okay not really participating in your culture anymore because you're dating somebody outside maybe that's the reason you started dating somebody outside your culture you kind of wanted to get away from that okay but if 
your culture is a very big part of you and you want to keep it in your life and you plan on having kids or you plan on trying for kids and you want it to be part of their life and your partner is actively discouraging that I do think it is worth looking inward and taking off your your love glasses and putting on your is this right for me glasses like that might be where you have to really go through it with a fine tooth comb um on the other side are you doing the most that you can to make sure your partner feels currently culturally represented within the relationship especially if you are dating someone generationally american be them white or black in today's sphere a lot of african americans are dismissed by white people by other black ethnic people by everybody for saying that they don't really have a culture and it's why they do x y and z it's why they say x y and z you know that's not for me to decide i was not i am not culturally african-american i don't know that walk of life but i do know that they have come a long way and even though it might not seem clear to you or me, you know, their cultural identity is still theirs. You know, we tend to look for things like language or dialect and food and dress as a marker of a clearly defined culture. And even though the African-American community has all of those things, sometimes people subconsciously, those unconscious biases will get you no matter who you are. People will unconsciously try and downplay it and make it seem as though their culture is more important than theirs. Making sure that they integrate into your culture is more important than you integrating into theirs because yours is the one that's clearly defined. You know, you have a clearly defined family history. You have, you know, you have stories dating back generations. You have dressing, you have garb, and you have things that don't traditionally look, especially since um, a lot of Black culture is mainstream and it's used in in culture all over the place. And it's now more commodified than it is, than it was, you know, way back when. Um, It's very easy to try and dismiss it, but I encourage you to not do that. And white Americans have that as well. You know, a lot of people say that white people in America don't have a culture, which I don't think is true. Like I said, a culture isn't clearly defined sometimes, but still what you grow up with and you usually grow up in a group of people who are a lot like you, that's a culture. (laughs) And so the cool thing is, depending on the region that they all grew up in, it could be different. But the bottom line is, if you are from an ethnic or non-American culture and you date someone who is white or African-American, take care not to fall into the trap of thinking they should just shirk their cultural beliefs for yours since they, quote unquote, don't have one themselves. Um, cultural erasure can really make someone feel like they're not valued. And I've seen it in different shows. I definitely saw it on Love is Blind. I, you know, these are the things that really can, that you don't realize will affect how you view your relationship until down the line because that resentment can build. And resentment and contempt is the worst enemy of a lifelong relationship. As soon as you detect it, you gotta you gotta explore it, you, and you gotta find some way to nip it. Um, so that would be the first challenge that I would say comes with intercultural dating. Um, the second challenge is obviously family. Family, family. 
many of us have families that love and support us through any and everything. Um, many of us have families solely interested in protecting us at all costs, even if it means overstepping boundaries, even if it means graying the line that you have created, they are just solely interested in protecting you because they want you to shield you from any mistakes they might have done, which is obviously the hard posture behind that is is wonderful. But, you know, the way to hell is often paid with good intentions. And, you know, many of us have families that we'd rather not talk to or about. But the fact is, family plays a very big role in how you are shaped, I, like your identity. Um, they play a, often a role in your life with your partner. And it can become especially more complicated when your family is of one culture and your partner and their family is of a different culture. And now you got to find a way to bring them all together, especially if you're planning a wedding, especially if you're going to have a family reunion or a family vacation or a holiday where you're hosting both sides. It's just going to be complicated no matter what angle you look at it. Um, I read this BuzzFeed article in which a lot of different you know, couples detailed how their family took their, their relationships. Um, some were good, some were better. The, the biggest one was this one girl said, I'm Asian. And they said it would be better if we quote unquote, keep it clean. Um, meaning that if they kept it within the ethnicity, we've got white women dating black men who are very, who were lucky to have family members of their partner's family, you know, accept them and embrace them with open arms, but their family may not have been as as receptive. And it could be because of unconscious biases. You know, these people might have decided that they didn't like the partner from the very beginning and weren't going to give him a chance, or it might have been a slowly deteriorating relationship. But either way, there were so many different stories of people, you know, from all walks of life, um, people who are half Punjab, half white, dating Indian families and being seen as unclean because they were mixed. You know, you've got you've got a whole full blown stereotype for Jewish men who date non-Jewish women, the Sheiksa goddess. It's everywhere. Um, and I'm only 22 and I've never been married and even I am suffering from in-law issues. So if that makes you feel any better for wherever you are in life right now, um, by all means, I, I love to make people feel better about themselves. And even me, I can't even be really mad at my own family dynamic because it could always be worse. So I do want to make it clear, though, that in-laws issues are common in every in almost all relationships at some point or another and most relationship psychologists recommend doing whatever needs to be done so your relationship can thrive so if yours or your partner's family is having difficulty reconciling the cultural differences between them and your partner that is perfectly normal what's not normal is if yours or your partner's family become openly hostile or even passive aggressive to one of you. You know, and if your family brings your their concerns for your partner and they're worried you're being abused or that your partner is too controlling or that your well-being is in danger in any way, or even if your partner is just simply, they don't think they're that your partner is treating you the way that a partner should, you know, with love and honor and respect. 
it is worth heeding this advice. And I do recommend that you honor your family and give them that respect of taking their advice to heart and really taking a second look at your relationship. And, you know, I know that your family isn't in the bubble. They don't see every single bit and piece of your relationship from the outside. But if that's the case, it may be worth asking for more outside perspectives, be that from trusted friends, mentors, or even a relationship counselor. You know, that can really do wonders because if unanimously across the board, they see what your parents see, that can tell you a lot. And if you have differing opinions, but the majority sees what your parents see, that also says a lot. And if it's 50-50, You might need to look inward and decide and ask yourself, take some time away and ask yourself what you want out of a relationship and compare that to the relationship that you are in. So I'm just saying, I really want to make sure I put that out there because, you know, I don't want to say that your family is being outright hostile for no reason. I do want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I do approach life believing that families only want what's best for their members. And I know that's not always the case. And if you are in a specific case where that is that is not true, I'm so very sorry. And I hope that you have built a family unit for yourself that at least has those intentions at heart and has those, you know, that is interested in protecting you or is more interested in protecting you than protecting them. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, in a lifelong relationship, you and neither you or your partner join each other's respective families. And we talk about that in Christianity a lot. And if you are not Christian or if you're not a part of the monotheistic trio that is Christianity, Judaism, and and Islam, then maybe you are familiar with this concept. Maybe you're not. But the whole concept is when, when a couple gets together, they must leave from their parents and cleave onto the other person. And depending on where you are in your relationship, be it dating, um, whether you're committed but not married, whether you're engaged to be married or just married for a long time, maybe you have kids, you have to you have to leave that unit. And I was talking to my cousin about it, and he was reminding me of that as well. He, you know, he was telling me about how as you grow up and you start to break away from everything, you start to realize that maybe your parents are not always right. Maybe you start to notice that maybe you don't really agree with every single viewpoint that your parents have given you. Maybe you're now starting to cherry pick which ones you want to keep and which and which ones you kind of want to set aside to adopt new ones. But And that is perfectly normal as you grow into your own fully fledged person. And as you decide who you want to share your life with, they're also going to play a role in affecting how you see the world and what kind of values you want to continue to uphold as an adult. But you do have to break away from that original family unit in order to do so. And, you know, if you have been raised with certain beliefs on what is most important in your life and your partner has been raised differently than you and you meet somewhere in the middle, your family may not take these changes very well. And that is also normal. It's normal for you to change and evolve as you become serious with another person. So long as this person isn't making you feel like you have to erase your personality. If you were raised to believe that it's okay to have your parents live with you and your partner and the your partner explains why that might cause problems for the relationship or your partner says I wasn't raised that way and I would never do that and here's why and you hear what they have to say and you go oh that's actually a really good reason not to have my parents or your parents live with us I changed my mind and now you're going to your parents going like 
hey, so I know we always agreed when I get married and you guys retire that you would come and live with us. We don't think that's a good idea anymore. Here is why. And your parents now are just going full blown tantrum and they're going, we don't know who raised you, but it clearly wasn't us. And we never expected this from you. And and all of these guilt trips, your family is allowed to be upset. Okay. They, they believed a certain thing was going to happen and now it's not. However, they, you do not have to take every single guilt trip and complaint from them. You do not have to give them space to air their complaints or guilt trips to you. They can air whatever complaints they want to other trusted confidants, but no is a complete answer. And maybe you're in a situation where your family is willing to cut you off if you continue this relationship, because that's a different part. That's a different viewpoint. Maybe if you continue this relationship, you run the risk of being excluded from family vacations because your family doesn't want to be in such close quarters with your partner for an extended for an extended time. Um, perhaps they'll require you to come to all family events without your partner or only with your children. But either way, your partner is not allowed. Maybe your family is threatening to straight up not speak to you if you continue this relationship. And you're devastated, obviously, because you, lo- you love and cherish your family. When I'm faced with conflict, I turn to scripture psychology. That is me. I love this YouTube channel called Relationship Theory. Um, I love this beautiful Christian organization called Exo Marriage, whose heart is is about getting is about if you want to get married, we want to help you stay married. I love that, and of course, I I trust the Bible and I trust the wisdom that it imparts, and I trust you know my God's word and theology. I I trust that. So. The resounding consensus between all of these (laughs) is that while your family is owed respect by your partner, if they cannot support your relationship, you have to set boundaries. And relationships these days, marriages, you know, they're so hard to keep not only together, but thriving. Like these days, if you've been married for 10 years and you are still lovey-dovey with your partner and you're holding hands in public and you just look like you're teenagers all the time, it is viewed publicly as like, wow, like we can't believe you've been together this long and you don't even like dislike each other just even a little bit. Like it's so, it, it's it's absolutely so sad nowadays for couples to be together for such an extended period of time and still feel the way that they, they did when they first got together. And it's seen as like something rare, something odd. And, um, you know, today's culture will tell us it's okay to leave your partner the second they stop being satisfactory. And to me, in my personal belief right here, right now, and like I said, I'm 22, I can change my mind and I probably will change my mind throughout all of the years of my life. And I'm, you know, you are allowed to change your mind throughout all the years of your life. But to me, I say, don't do that. It's one thing if you both find that you're incompatible or if someone was unfaithful or if something beyond both of your control shows you that you cannot continue to grow a healthy relationship together anymore and you're better apart, you know, but make sure, you know, from the very beginning, you give your relationship a good foundation on which to grow. Uh, I forgot who said this, but your relationship is like a garden And it starts out barren and it is up to you to sow the seeds and water it and pull out weeds if you must in order to reap the beauty. If you are serious about your relationship going the distance and I don't care what 
phase of the relationship you're in. Maybe you just started talking. You know, if you really want to go at this with all you have and give it your best shot, so that way if it doesn't work out, at least you can say you tried. I highly suggest that, you know, I really think that it cannot be surrounded, the relationship cannot be surrounded by people who wish it to fail. And people will never outright tell you that they wish for your relationship to fail, but you can always kind of tell. You can always kind of tell by people's body language around you and your partner. You can tell it by the language that they use, by the specific words that they use when you talk to them about your partner. If you're asking them for advice and their advice isn't really come, it doesn't really feel like it's coming from a place of, I genuinely want you guys to work this out and stay together. It's coming from a, you know, there's a little bit of a do this, but you know, you're still young or do this, but you know, there's so many other people out there and you're so young and there's so many you know they're just kind of trying to really drive in that you don't have to stay I'm sorry you need to set boundaries with that person I'm not saying cut them off unless you really want to but you do need to set boundaries with that person and I'm I'm also talking about like if your siblings or your parents pick fights with your partner or they're trying to subconsciously separate you and make you two into two individuals rather than one unit if you can, if your family cannot find it within themselves to unconditionally do everything they can to support you, then you are well within your rights to set up some boundaries. And this can look different for everyone. It could mean your family is no longer allowed to ask about yours or your partner's relationship. It, or maybe they're not allowed to complain to you about your partner. I do hear stories about parents who complain to their children about their children's partner to their face, as if the child is not going to turn around and tell the partner what the parent said. And so, you know, if they're doing that, you're well within your rights to say, I am no longer going to field these complaints because all it does is create tension between me and my partner. And, you know, maybe it's best that they find a different confidant to express their opinions to, a friend, a colleague, their own partner, maybe a therapist, you know? And I realized that, I realized recently that it is no longer sustainable in, in my life to ask my partner to come to family events in which the majority of my family speaks in Creole and English is in short supply. You know, he doesn't speak the language yet. And the relationship is still very young, even though it feels like it's been ages. And learning a language when you've been raised monolingual is very difficult. So I don't expect him to learn this within the next one to two years. You know, if we're going to go the distance, I understand that this is going to be a very long process. Um, and so we created that boundary for ourselves. And I realize that this cuts him off. From many extended family members, not immediate because my immediate family all speaks English very proficiently. Um, and, you know, I pick and choose which I would be picking and choosing which extended family members I feel like can, you know, hang out with him and have a nice time versus other ones that don't speak English. Um, and I realize that this does cut him off from those people that don't speak English yet. Um, but I'd rather them not really get to know him until they can speak English and have a nice conversation with him rather than them awkwardly exist together. And, you know, Haitian culture is very, it prizes the hierarchy of age when it comes to respect. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if the older adult is wrong. It's up to you to go to the older adult and say, I heard you had a problem with me. I heard the, or to go, I was wrong. Or, you know, to come out of your space and make sure they are more comfortable. Um, that's just the way it works. 
And so therefore, you know, I, I don't want him to sit there awkwardly just existing with people, with family members that don't speak English and not talk to them. And then they feel offended or like their presence wasn't honored or like he is disinterested in speaking to them and vice versa. You know, I want to protect him and I want to protect you know, his well-being as well as honor my family. And therefore, that's the kind of boundary that we made. So if you have a large extended family network and the majority of them don't speak the same language as your partner, this may be easier than playing translator for the night because I've tried it. It's not fun. So the last challenge that I have would be value differences. And I think this goes more for interfaith relationships than it really does for intercultural or interracial, although there can still be different values there. But I feel like this most comes up if you're dating somebody who has a wholly different religion than yours that follows a wholly different set of values than your own. Um, so for example, there is a very big reason Christians, Muslims, and Jews alike are encouraged to only date within their respective religions. Um, it's because those religions shape the values that we, that we hold as people. And it really, and it really does. I mean, I talk with my friend, the friend that in a, if you read the, if you listened to the different episode where I talked about my best friend's wedding, uh, one of my closest friends got married last year and she didn't get married to somebody outside of their religion, but we did talk at length about that as we were talking about life partners we'd love to have. And, you know, she did express like, I personally, she was like, I personally don't want to date somebody outside of uh, outside of Islam, just because I want to make sure that we are both on the same page about every single thing. And, you know, it, it gets so complicated. And I respect that choice. Personally, for me, um, you know, a lot of my... <sighs> A lot of my friends who are Christian and a lot of people that know me from church will obviously encourage me to to love somebody who seeks out Jesus with their whole heart and soul. Um, personally, I made that choice that and this is, you know, something that I've always felt I believed was I would date anybody who believed in God, whether they called God Allah, whether they called God Yahweh, and whether they believed that Jesus is the Messiah and died for our sins and is both the sacrificial lamb and the Prince of Peace. Like that is what I personally was willing to do. I wasn't willing to cut myself off. And depending on what you listen to, you know, I've also noticed that there are a lot of different this is, comes from so many different perspectives and this is not even what that podcast is about but i just knew that for me i could personally respect somebody else's cultural and religious beliefs enough that as long as we have the common ground of there is only one god and we both and we may both call him by a different name but we know that he is the same god um then i'm fine and we can always work out you know holidays and religious practices and all of that stuff later and i know if anybody knows me from church and is listening to this and you're like i don't think that's a good idea well it's a good thing that didn't end up happening so <laughs> because but because those beliefs shape the values you hold as a person it always goes back to respect perhaps your partner doesn't believe in a god but respects the fact that you do or perhaps your partner 
believes is agnostic but doesn't believe in the church doesn't believe in going to church and you know doing the whole nine yards on sunday or friday or whenever you go to your place of worship may perhaps your partner is is a flat-out atheist but no matter where they are on the spectrum of we're not going to conform to a religious belief to we just straight up don't believe in god perhaps this person still respects the fact that you do believe in a God and allows you to speak about God freely and frequently. And perhaps your partner even prays with you on occasion. Perhaps if you have kids with this person, they even allow you to share your faith with your children without protest and without undermining you. That says a lot. Um, I, I know, especially in Christmas, Christian atmospheres, girls are really, really just well, it, sometimes it's almost desperate how much Christian girls are f- trying to find godly men to the point where it sometimes feels like they date the first man they meet that says, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And then all of a sudden they're married and they're doing all of these things and they're trying to make all these decisions. And they realize that they even have different levels of religiosity. You know, maybe you are more religious than your spouse and your spouse doesn't want to be as religious as you want to be or vice versa. You know, that happens all the time and it does take an effect on the romantic relationship but if you have somebody who's not even in that and is willing to do all of these things or any of one of these things or every single thing and more i do think that really says a lot about them and i i would hesitate to judge them <laughs> not even hesitate i would flat out like not even judge them for not even for not going the extra mile of saying, you know, I'm going to convert to whatever it is you believe for the sake of our family. I, I I wouldn't do that because one, I'm not called to judge. And two, I it really does says say a lot of things about their character that they're willing to go these steps for, even though they might not be comfortable with it, even though they might not have grown up with it. And they may think it's odd. You know, I think that's really, really nice. And it even though it appears at the surface that you have different values, it just shows that, you know, all of these things they show a clear sign of respect and that maybe your values aren't so different after all. If your partner has completely different values to you, to the point where you cannot find common ground on anything, that is a bigger problem, you know? If you're so worried about finding somebody within your own faith because you know that if somebody truly follows your faith, um, to the then they're not going to hurt you and they're going to honor you and it's going to be perfect. And when it doesn't, I know how discouraging that can be. It is so, so disheartening. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Trust and believe. <laughs> If you have such different values, even with somebody who's the same as you or different than you, you know, it's it's going to create a problem. And you can there's only so long that you can ignore the problem before it just becomes an even bigger problem. And now it's just harder to fix. It's like a leaky faucet. You know, at first it was just like a little bit. And, you know, you didn't have the money for the plumber at this time. So you say, you know, let's give it two months. Let me save some money. And then all of a sudden, other things happen that need your money. And then all of a sudden, your leaky faucet is leaking more and in different places. And now you can't turn it on because you will flood your entire kitchen or bathroom. And now your plumber is quoting you like a good few hundred to even a thousand dollars to fix it. And you're like, oh, man, when you could have just spent two hundred dollars to have him come out and just tighten that leaky faucet you know this is these are times where that happens um 
And if you are considering spending your life with someone who doesn't share your views on how to raise children, where to live, what to worship, um, you know, and I'm saying respect, like doesn't doesn't share your views and doesn't respect it, you know, isn't willing to find a compromise, only wants their way and finds your way and even belittles your way. You know, I don't understand why you keep bringing this up because this is so dumb. Like, it's just dumb. Why would I do that? I would never do that. I'm not going to do that. You know, if they're using that language, that is a clear indication of a value difference. And that <laughs> that will only get worse with time. That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, and depending on, you know, if you're judging me super hard right now because I'm a young girl talking about lifelong relationships or whatever, I do think that there is some that there can be some solid relationships out there that are not solely built on on being truly the same. I take it back to my cousin. He's a you know, he's like I said, him and his wife have had such a wonderful life that they've built together, but they've also had so many challenges. And, you know, there I'm sure there were times that they thought that their families were going to disown them. I'm sure there, there were times where they thought that this wasn't going to work and they were trying to figure out all the moving parts. Um, you know, she's not Christian. She's Hindu. And she still follows and she still in her heart believes in the Hindu religion versus my cousin who literally you know, studied the Bible in all of its sense and is very, very involved in his church and very, very involved within his beliefs. And so, of course, making that work is going to be extremely hard. But if both people are willing and able to make it work, they will make it work. There was one time I visited them and we all went to the Christian church together and the people knew her. So obviously she had, it wasn't just uh she went just because I was there. It's she went because, you know, we, she's been there to support her husband so many times. And I've seen them celebrate a lot of the traditional Indian holidays, like Diwali, you know, it's, it's, it takes work, but you can do it. Um, and a lot of people will say, well, you know, you're not supposed to. And I, and to that, I say, no, you're not advised to. And that's just my personal belief. Just because you're not advised to doesn't mean you're not supposed to. It Usually it's advised because it's going to be difficult and you have to decide whether or not you can handle all of those difficulties. So relationships are just hard. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line. If you've got nothing from this podcast, relationships are hard flipping work. And it's hard if you work within your ethnicity it only becomes even more exacerbated if you date outside of your ethnicity. But do not be discouraged. If you are in a relationship or you are considering being with somebody who is not in your ethnicity, um, you know, give it a chance. Give it a good, honest, and fair chance. Do not limit yourself to just your group of people because you never know where life can bring you. I meet so many Black men and women who only want to date other Black men and women, which is fine. But if it's to the point where you have other people who may not walk the same life, a path of life as you, and you're actively dismissing them and trying to get with somebody else and it's just not working, honestly, what do you have to lose? I really, really ask you that. What do you have to lose? You know, you. this could either be just... 
any relationship, but especially these types of relationships where you're wondering if you can go the distance with somebody who is not raised the same as you, who doesn't look the same as you, and who doesn't who doesn't believe the same things as you. You know, this could either be a wonderful learning experience in which you come away with a lot more wisdom and a lot more knowledge than you did going in, or this could be become the most beautiful testimony of love that any of your friends and family have ever seen but you will never know unless you go for it with everything that you have this has been another episode of culture shock culture shock is an editaggio production Eritagio was a not-for-profit organization dedicated to spreading cultural awareness one story at a time. Today, you got to hear a little bit of my story. Haven't decided how much more I'm going to tell y'all. I, I already feel like y'all know too much. But you know what? That just means we're becoming better friends. And if we're becoming better friends, I would love it if you guys followed this podcast so that way you can be notified anytime a new episode comes out and also leave a review if you can and rate it i would really appreciate your feedback if there is more topics that you'd like to hear about leave it in your review please i want to know what i'm doing right and what i'm doing wrong so i can create a better cultural shock culture shock experience for all of you If you have a story that you'd like to share with our growing audience, please reach out either on Instagram at side H-E-R-I-T-A-G-I-O to send me a DM or that's once again H-E-R-I-T-A-G-I-O. Um, you can also reach out to us through email. That's info at eritagio.com. You can also go to our website, www.heritagio.com. Last time, that's www.heritagio.com. I would love to meet you and I would love to hear your story. Until next time, y'all. Hasta luego.